and welcome to the official One Arrowhead Drive podcast. My name is Trevor Cogdill. And joining me this evening, as always, are Mr. Trevor Mayhew and Dylan Cogdill. Boys, how are we doing this evening? Good. You know, we waited 180 days for Chiefs football since the Super Bowl. So uh, here we are, Chiefs Kingdom. We made it to that week. Preseason game one. Yeah, boys, I'm doing good. Like Dylan just said, this Sunday is going to be the first Sunday of 28 Sundays of football in a row. So can't complain about that. It's what we look forward to. Get ready to fire up NFL Red Zone, baby. So we'll go ahead and get into, uh, like we talked about, uh, our Around the League segment to start off the show. Not a lot going on this week. Not many injuries, not any movement as far as too many Big time free agents. We have a, a little bit on Kareem Hunt moving around a couple teams. No official signing yet. But other than that, really nothing to talk about. So we'll go ahead and get into our training camp notes, uh, bumps and bruises and stuff like that we have going on with the team. Mike Dana still nursing the calf injury, but he's been back at practice, kind of not not going as full speed, maybe not with the ones right now. Legereus Sneed still going through that nagging knee injury he's had which is kind of a concern because that's a that's a big piece on this defense Mr. 38 special so I'd like to see that clear up before week one and and have him 100% Jody Forson still still out with the shoulder injury and then of course Kadarius Tony with the knee injury it sounds like Veach came to the podium and, and talked about thinks Tony will be back and be fine for week one same thing with Isaiah Pacheco, who still has the yellow non-contact jersey on in practice. Last one we'll talk about, Charles O'Minihu, uh suspended six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Late January of last year, this is something that the Chiefs knew about coming into the year. One of those things where they kind of like guess on how much they think the player is going to be suspended. This, this instance, it was six games, so... Definitely puts a lot of pressure on the front office to get a Chris Jones deal done. So, fellas, anything on those injuries? Especially with the D-line as we are getting in this Charles O'Minihue suspension. Hopefully we see Mike Dana get back to full speed pretty quick. I don't expect to see too much preseason week one. You know, maybe a lot of depth pieces as far as the D-line goes, but we're going to need him back healthy. I think the only thing we'd probably like to see by the end of the preseason is Pacheco take that non-contact jersey off. Give us a little more stability in that running back room. And then good reports on Tony. Like Dylan has said, though, he can never be trusted as far as that injury bug goes. But as far as injuries go, I think you just want to see all these guys at least get something in the preseason here, whether it's by game two, game three, pick up the pace as the season approaches. Yeah, absolutely. So just like we talked about last week, we kind of went through the all the offensive positions and we broke them down as to where we think everyone's maybe going to fall on the depth chart. How many guys are we going to keep? And we're going to do the same thing with the defense this week. So we're going to go ahead and get into that. This defensive unit as a whole, not a lot of new faces on the team. You know, a lot of rookies that have done some showing out in camp, some veterans that were added. But other than that, this defense was so young last year that we didn't have a lot of new faces that transitioned into this year. So hopefully we see this defense take a step forward and and possibly be the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had on the other side of the ball, uh, maybe since he he entered the league. So 
We're going to start in the trenches with the defensive line. And uh, it's hard to talk about the defensive line without talking about CJ95, Mr. Chris Jones himself, Mr. Cryptic Tweet himself. You know, this guy, he, he's, he's got all of Chiefs Kingdom kind of on edge right now as to when we're going to see him. Will we see him? I, I think we still see him. And I think he needs to be in a Chiefs jersey no matter what this year. Guys, why don't you go ahead and, and, you know, we don't have to touch on it long, but what do you guys think about the current Chris Jones situation? Yeah, I think you hit on it, Trev. I think that defensive line needs him, especially now with this uh, Minihue and Dana nursing the injury already. But it's it's even more pronounced now with those injuries that he needs to be in camp here soon, which I think, me personally, as we get closer to the season, as the cryptic tweets come out, He's going to be there. Whether it's a long-term contract or he comes and plays on his contract this year, I think he'll be in a Chiefs jersey. Give it two, two, three weeks is what I'll say. I think, Dylan, you can hit on some of the other pieces around that interior defensive line. But like Trev said, we got a lot of continuity on the defense. A lot of the pieces have been here, and a lot of our depth pieces have been here. So not much to talk about when it comes to that, but I think Dylan's got a few guys he's got in mind as far as, far as um, some sneaky sleepers possibly for this season. Yeah, real quick on the Chris Jones situation. Could you guys imagine missing out on 50K a day? I mean, no. It must be nice. I, I got to throw that out there. Or interesting note that I did see the other day is if he doesn't play in this first preseason game, he could face up to a million dollar fine. That's an interesting take. And then that may speed up his timeline a little bit. But yeah, like Trev said, you know, getting to the defensive line a little bit. I'll go ahead and jump right into it. If Chris Jones, especially for this early preseason, is not playing for us, this defensive line looks a whole lot different. I believe we do get to see Charles Amenehue play in the preseason games, even with the suspension. But without CJ, you're not going to have the same pass rusher up the middle. You're not going to get a room full of run stoppers in the, at the D-tackle position. You have, of course, Derek Naughty. Chiefs fans should be familiar with him by now. Guys like Daniel Wise, Danny Shelton, uh, our six-round pick, Keandre Coburn. But I don't see a lot of top-end talent there if Chris Jones is not playing. So that's one thing to watch out for this D tackle room. So you'd say that defensive line might be fucked if um, you know Chris Jones isn't there for Week One against the Lions. I think so. I, yeah, I'm not. I mean, hey, sure. I'm a, I'll, I'll go out there and say it. I've capitulated a little bit on this. So at first, I had the the mindset of the whole Tyreek situation. Hey, man, Veach isn't going to pay this guy. Do we need him? You know, we didn't need Tyreek to win a Super Bowl, but. I mean, Chris Jones is a whole different world, especially with the Omenihu suspension. Man, I got to see 95 in a jersey this year, and I would love to see him in at least one preseason game because I think Big Red, you know, at the podium the other day at camp, he didn't come out and say, hey, CJ needs to be here. But he did say, hey, you can be in football shape, but the game speeds up a whole hell of a lot whenever you're on the field instead of in these workouts, just facing yourself in the mirror, you know? So I don't know. I, I think it needs to happen. Uh, I think everyone needs, thinks it needs to happen. When will it happen is a whole different story. It's not my money, nor will it ever will be, but we'll see. Let's go ahead and move to the edge rushers. Obviously these guys are really affected by the Chris Jones situation because these guys whenever you know the the three interior linemen have 95 to worry about they get a lot less attention on the outside so 
give me your guys' thoughts on the the edge rushers to start, um, and we'll go from there. Obviously, you're going to have Carl Aftis on the outside. He can make that big second-year leap. I think it's a very interesting battle, say, if Dan is hurt, you know, still that, having that nagging calf injury coming into the year. Who's going to be that second, third guy to step up? Is that Malik Herring? Is that, you know, we keep seeing a bunch about him in training camp. Is it Felix, you know, our first-round draft pick? He's still a little behind from injury that he brought into camp, but I think they're starting to say he's showing some flashes. So, you know, we'll see. There's also been a couple names, Joshua Kando out of Florida State. Obviously, like they've referred to before, I'm a big Florida fan, so I'm familiar with Kando. Always had a lot ton of talent, even coming out of high school, but never really put it together. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, that edge that edge room looks really thin when you when you start talking about I think this first step chart they had a Minahue at on the edge. It starts looking really thin when you don't have him and you're talking about guys like uh Malik Herring as as the backup to Mike Dana or and then if Dana's hurt, then you then you're sliding one of those guys into a starting spot. So we really need a lot out of George. We drafted him to be that guy. I think we've said it before on this podcast, but he's that motor guy, go getter. He he showed he showed flashes of improvement as we went along last year. The sacks started to come towards the end of the year. A lot of hustle sacks. I'd like to see him add a little more to that game instead of just getting there on a coverage sack. Maybe be the guy off the edge a little bit. But that's the one name you can point to if especially if Dana and Omenahue are gonna be out for any extended period of time. Yeah, and I think getting Turk Wharton back is another name Trevor and I didn't mention. I think getting him back just on the defensive line for depth wise. I think that's another big addition. Now, can this kid kick the injury bug? Hopefully. He's kind of been cursed with that his first couple of years in the league. But it's going to be an interesting position to watch play out in these preseason games is who's going to be taking those first-team reps on that other side of Carl Aftis. Yeah. Let me ask you this. With, you know, a lot of, like like we've talked about over and over again, with a lot of question marks around the defensive line right now, are you guys interested in in picking up the phone and and calling Carlos Dunlap and see if he can come back for cheap? Good, better, and presence on this line that without Chris Jones is, I mean, outside of Naughty, pretty young. Uh, are you you're interested in anything like that? I think it's got to be in the question. I mean, for sure, there's a couple of different players out there that you could always give up a, a call and get that veteran, you know, prize tag on them. Trev, what do you think? Yeah, I figured you'd be all in on Carlos Dunlap being the gator and what he what he gave to us last year yeah i that's, try to that's keep my homerism way. down you know just a little bit yeah that i mean he he knows spag system he's the one guy that makes sense right now I, I really can't think of anything else that i would probably try to go out and get i try to make it work with cj and i tried make sure dan is dan is healthy and then go from there but the dunlap i'm i'm all in if we want to Go out and get him. I'll be honest. I was kind of in on Justin Houston coming back and seeing him in a Chiefs jersey again after leading the Ravens in sacks last year. But he would have been too expensive, and and obviously he's off the off the streets now with signing with uh, Carolina. So I think I think there's plenty of of answers to come in the future for this defensive line. It all rides on one player, that being Chris Jones. But we'll go ahead and move on to the linebackers which is a position group that, again, as Trev said, a lot of continuity on this defense, a lot of a lot of familiar names. 
one guy that we're going to see a lot of this year that's a new name, uh, a former division rival in Drew Tranquil. So what do you boys think about this group hopefully taking a step forward and uh, making uh, making this defense better in 23? Obviously, like you said, a lot of continuity. We're going to see a lot of Nick Bolton, a lot of Willie Gay. Last year, Willie Gay came out a lot on third down. I'd like to see him expand that role, play a few more snaps. We're going to need him to, but we did sign Drew Tranquil to kind of be that coverage guy. He's probably the best coverage linebacker that we have. Right now, that starting linebacker core on paper is strong. We just mentioned three names, and I didn't even get to Leo Chanel. The unofficial depth chart that was released a couple days ago has him as a starter. So, and Drew Tranquil as the backup. But on paper, that looks good. There's just not much depth at that position. So we need these guys to stay healthy. Are you guys a little bit surprised, you know, that Drew Tranquil did not get more of a free agent, you know, buzz around him? I mean, the dude had 95 tackles last year, five sacks and an interception. I feel like he's a steal for what we got. I mean, for what we paid for him. So I think like Trev said, they listed Leo as the starter on Sam linebacker, but I have a hard time believing you keep Drew Tranquil off the field. So I think that'll be another interesting position to watch. Like Trev said, we go four deep there. But after we get past those, you're looking at guys like Jack Cochran that are very unproven. And this is a position group that's really got to avoid that injury bug this year. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, Drew Tranquil was a, a huge deal to me. That You know, I know he talked about, you know, that last day there was like seven, eight teams that had been calling him. And it just sounds like he's one of the guys that we talk about that we always say, oh, these players have to want to come here to play with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and win a ring while their window's open. And he seems to be one of those guys. Um, genuinely wants to be here. He's a great addition especially if from what some reports that camp said bags is kind of has the guys in a three, three, five look right now. So like Dill said, tranquil, you know, a good coverage guy. If we're keeping more athletic, faster guys on the field for coverage guy, a guy that can cover and or blitz Spags likes to drop these intricate blitz packages. You know, the, a lot of, a lot of stuff. I think Dill, you said in, in the first episode that you can do a lot of exotic stuff with him. So looking forward to to seeing what he can do. Trev, what do you think about Tranquil? Yeah, I was definitely surprised he didn't garner more attention on the free agency market. I think you hit it on the head, though. I think he wanted to come here, go for that ring. I say that because it seemed like he was always making a big play against the Chiefs, right? He was always in on tackle. He's flying all over the field every time he played us. Now, I'm not a tape guy, and I, and I haven't studied his tape other than when he's played us, but man, that guy looks electric. He was the guy they had on Kelsey when Derwin James wasn't playing. I mean, he drew that assignment. I mean, I think he's going to be a great fit in Kansas City. For sure. So not as many question marks with this group, like we talked about, maybe in, in the the realm of like, what looks are we going to be in? What schemes are we in against certain teams, depending on who has more playing time that week? A lot of time to figure all that out go ahead and get into the cornerback group or the defensive back group. This is a, a group that also has a lot of continuity in Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. And then we have a bunch of youngsters on the backside. Already lost one this year. Fortunately, that, that was an up and comer. But, you know, this group, I think to me, has the, the most potential to take a big leap forward and truly make this that defensive group that has been the best since Patrick Mahomes entered the league. And if they can do that, man, this this defense can do a ton this year. So 
Dill, go ahead and start us off on the cornerbacks and, and what you're seeing. From reports that I've been seeing, it looks like we got nickel corner is going to be Trent McDuffie, which will be a little different what we're used to. Legarius had that role last year. Trent kind of solidified it later in the playoffs. He really stepped up big in that Bengals game and coming out of that slot. So I like that nickel corner look for him. Um, Legarius has been lining up outside whenever he has been at practice. And with the other corner, the other outside corner, you're going to be looking at Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson. They're kind of battling back and forth. It looks like Watson has the edge right now. He's been taking more of the first team reps, but you know, I'm very excited about any of those second year corners. Yet again, we found a couple of diamonds in the rough that really stepped up big for us. They took our, they took their lumps last year, but man, they, they really shined in some areas too, you know? Another guy I think we can watch out for that I've been seeing more and more on the reports is Echo Boydo. Um, I believe is how you say it. He's really kind of stepped up in that after, like Trev said, with that Nazi Johnson injury, he's been one that's kind of filled in that role. So I'm kind of excited to see where this young group goes. And like Trev said, I think they can really take a step forward. I do think this is going to be a very physical group between the corners and the young safeties. I think they've shown a lot of passion in the training camp, and I think that's shown why Kelsey's out here punching everybody. I think he's that defense is feeding off these young defensive backs' attitudes. So I think it's going to be fun a group to watch this year. Yeah, for sure. Glad to see all the the punches have kind of calmed down. Let's hear a lot about a camp, a lot of camp fights around the league, and glad we don't have to hear about the Chiefs being involved in any more of those as far as Kelsey goes. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet on the corners. Excited about second year Trent McDuffie lining up in that nickel, I think makes a lot of sense, right? You think about our division, you got guys like guys like Keenan Allen. Where where's he line up at in the slot? Then you then you move on to the Raider or yeah, the Raiders. Devontae lines up all over the place. I think you see some matchups with Devontae and Trent in the slot. And then the Broncos, right? Jerry Judy. People are expecting big things of him this year. I think Trent lining up in the slot, then then even you move on to a couple of our bigger AFC rivals, you got guys like Steph Diggs, a lot of slot time, right? Trent's going to be lined up against the best receiver a lot. I'm excited about that step he's going to take this year. I think he proved a lot during that playoff run last year, stepping up in big games and even in the Super Bowl. And then just like our linebackers, we, we roll four deep. After that first four, it gets a little thin. So injury bug all throughout this defense, we're going to have to avoid it. But I, I am really excited about second year Trent McDuffie. I think he could take a big step into that top 10 cornerback in the league kind of kind of role. Yeah, I think that's a good take on all the cornerbacks, three of them with their sophomore season. And then Legereus Sneed, obviously a guy that we need to be healthy and a guy who has an impending extension coming up. If if the money's there, we'll see a guy like I'd like to see in a Chiefs jersey for a long time. We'll see how everything shakes out moving forward. We'll go into the safeties. Uh, this is a group that I'm personally excited about. Uh, I know, you know, at our first show, we, we had some takes. Deal was pretty high on Brian Cook. A lot of that's coming to fruition lately. Just listening to Spags talk at the podium. And, you know, a group that outside of, of Cook, full of veterans and Mike Edwards and Justin Reed, who really seems to be excited. I know a lot of people have heard him continue to talk about how this is the first time since he's been in the league he's had repetition at the defensive coordinator. You know, so he'll be able to to, to take a step forward in the system as well. Trev, why don't you, I know you just left off with the cornerbacks, but why don't you go ahead and get us into the safeties and then we'll let Dill uh, go ahead and, and talk about Brian Cook like I know he wants to to end this defense. 
Yeah, I'll leave that Brian Cook take to deal, but I'm excited about this safety group as well. I think that Mike Edwards signing went under the radar, but it's a perfect depth piece for what that secondary needed. Complementing the safeties, I think it's been a a long, long time. We've seen some recent uh, form be a lot better in that secondary, but it's been a long, long time since we were able to cover a tight end, right? We went so long in the league being one of the worst teams covering that tight end. This safety group, I feel confident in them being able to make that leap. Justin Reed, year two. Hopefully, we don't have to see him kick too many balls this year, but he made some big plays in that secondary for us as well. Deion Bush, nice young depth piece. We go pretty deep at safety, unlike a couple of those other position groups on the defensive side. And then, like we said, we'll let Dylan get into Brian Cook here, but that's really all I got for safeties. Excited to see Mike Edwards in a Chiefs jersey and then some of these guys in year two take that big leap as the season progresses this year. Yeah, I don't have too much to get into on Brian Cook, but I do say, you know, it's going to be exciting to see this heavy hitter, dude that plays with real ferociousness, I guess if you want to call it that. He's a ball hawk. He showed definitely some flashes last year that you can see the potentials there. It's just he had to put it all together. We saw in the Spagnola press conference today, he mentioned him as being the quarterback on the defense. I think that's huge for a second-year player to already be taking that role on. We'll see how that plays out, but I think the defense has been feeding off of him. I think he brings an attitude that we just have been missing the last couple of years. Yeah, I think I think this group is going to let their play do the talking for them. At least I hope. Hope we don't get in any Twitter arguments like Justin Reed did for us last year uh, before we played the Bengals. But I think we'll wrap up all of our our defensive battles thus far in camp before our real football Sunday for this team, where we get to strap it up against. The New Orleans Saints at noon on Sunday. Guys, just you know, talk to us a little bit about what you're looking forward to seeing for this game and uh, maybe a position, maybe a player that you're going to have your eye on throughout the game. You know, number one, it's the first preseason game. The thing I'm looking forward to is just getting out healthy. That's the big deal. You know, don't blow any injuries on the first series of the game. We might have the starters out there for one, one series, if that, which is what I kind of hope for. And I also kind of want to see what our defense looks like tackling. I did, you know, bring it up a little bit with Cook there, but it's a lot different tackling in training camp versus when actual live bullets are flying. So that's some things you see teams are a little lacking on in preseason. So we'll we'll see how that works out on Sunday. Yeah, I've been beating the drum all offseason long for that wide receiver group. I'm excited to see them get out there, line up against some other competition in the Saints. See if what we're seeing on social media is real, which we, as Chiefs fans, we hope it's real. Uh, I'm excited to see Justin Ross get out there and get tackled. I mean, if that guy can stay healthy, we've talked about it over and over again. He could be a huge piece for us this year. But man, guys, we got real football right around the corner. Uh, preseason week two is when it really starts to get exciting. But this week, Kansas City Chiefs football will be on our television screens and we'll be watching Sunday at noon. Yep, I think that sounds good. I think we can look forward to seeing, you know, the starters probably play one series. Big Red usually likes to, to get the starters out there. He hasn't shied away from the fact that he he wants guys out there to get real game time, whether or not you're, you're number 15 or number 87. He wants you out there for at least a series. Hopefully no more than that. Like you guys said, get out healthy and, and look into to the next week of preseason, see what we can fix. I'm personally looking forward to, like Trev said, the wide receiver group, all the hype this guy Moore has been getting in camp. I think I heard someone in the media say the other day that it's his camp's been boring. 
because he has been so good every day in camp, which is which is great to hear because we need a guy like that in this wide receiver group that can can be the compass for this group. And it, that would be great for it to be a sophomore like he is. So we'll go ahead and get out of here. Next week, uh, we'll recap the game versus the Saints. Hopefully we have some good things to say, no injuries to talk about. And thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, One Arrowhead Drive Podcast on Facebook, and at one, that being the number one, Arrowhead Drive DR Pod on Twitter or X. Guys, you got anything to say before we get out of here? See y'all next week. 